Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Well, uh, we want to welcome our folks at home also. Thank you for joining us this morning. We know a lot of people are, um, you know, just opting to stay home and and, uh, you are just as precious to us and just as important and we love you and, um, you know, we we pray for you all the time. Um, Before I pray, I would like for women, women only, um, if you, and, and let me place a qualifier on this. If you don't have children with you, have you, if you have children with you, please don't come up to the table because you're going to be up here a while and someone needs to watch your kids. <laughs> um, but if you have ever been in a life group of mine, uh, I need about four women um, to come and sit at the table with me. If you have ever been in one of my life groups, if you will join me, I sure would appreciate it. Oh, I see three right there. Okay. There's all right. Oh, there we go. All right. All right, thank you. If you just want to have a seat, and we'll get to you in a little bit, okay? All right, so let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just ask you, God, to help me this morning. Lord, you know my frailties. Lord, you know my weaknesses. Lord, you know, um, Lord, my heart for these people and what I want to convey to them, God, but I feel so inept this morning to say it properly. So Lord, help me as I open my mouth, God, fill it. Lord, I believe you have given me uh, a word to speak to them, to speak to the people this morning, Lord, so help me in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Uh, I want to start with just a little bit of news. Um, If you are on our dream team or if you are in any other type of leadership position, if you're an elder, you're trustee, a trustee, you already know what I'm about to say to you. But I have a little bit of an announcement for the rest of you who maybe haven't heard this yet. Um, and that is, uh, as, as you may or you may not know, I'm on staff here at the church as a co-pastor to John. John is the, we're senior pastors. He's the senior, senior pastor. Okay. (laughs) And um, so I've been doing that for a number of years. Uh, John and I felt like back in 2015, um, I needed to come on staff. I was actually ordained prior to that by Rick Clendenin here uh, in, uh, with this church family. And so we just made the transition in 2015 for me to come on staff here. Well, in the last number of years, I have felt the Lord speaking to me a little bit about maybe it was time for me to come off staff. And I didn't really understand that because why would I come off staff at the church when I'm a pastor? And um, so I just kind of tucked that away and didn't think a whole lot more about it, um, except for in this past year, it had kind of come up a couple more times for me. And um, John and I had a conversation with uh, Tina Griggs, so I'm blaming it on Tina Griggs. (laughs) This spring, uh, Tina had actually made a transition in in her work, and she had moved into a different position. And um, we had a great conversation with her. She had come to talk to us, to tell us about it. She was actually in to talk to us about some other things. And when I left that day, I got to thinking about 
my conversation with her, me and John's conversation with her, and, and I don't know exactly why I said this, but I said it, so be careful what you say to the Lord, um, and please don't take this out of context, what I'm about to say to you, but I said, Lord, why can't I have a job like that? And, and I'm just going to be really transparent with you uh, about it, um, and, and I hope this does not get taken out of context, but uh, she got a really nice pay increase. Let me just put it that way. She moved from one job to the next, and I hope it's okay that I said that. It's kind of out of the bag now. <laughs> Uh, but she's not available for loans. Let me just say that. Um, and so, you know, as as soon as I said that, I know exactly where I was sitting at. I, like, almost heard the Lord say to me, ask me. I thought, okay, Lord, could I have a job like that? And I just felt like the Lord hugged me. It wasn't yes, it wasn't no. It was just he gave me a hug. And, and honestly, I didn't think a whole lot more about it other than that. Well, that was really a different exchange. That was kind of a cool exchange. I know that the Lord was in it, but, you know, who knows? Um, so I just kind of tucked that away. Well, uh, a few weeks went by, and John actually had a conversation with a good friend of ours, Justin Latham. He's senior pastor, senior, senior pastor at uh, Awakening Church in Central City, and um, Justin was actually telling John about this new job that he had gotten and that there was an opening there. And John and I, we were just talking about the conversation with Justin. Justin is hilarious. He's a doll. We love him so much. And, and we were talking, and um, um, John told me about this job. And I said, well, wait a minute. I think maybe I'm supposed to apply for that job. And he said, what? And I said, I think maybe I'm supposed to apply for that job. And he said, well, we need to pray about it and make sure, you know, that you're hearing from the Lord. So one, two, skip a few guys without going into all of the, the details. But I can tell you the Lord was present in the entire process. I, I heard him along the entire process. I have gotten the job. It's been about a three-month process, and I start tomorrow. <laughs> so... So, so what that means is there are some changes coming. We don't know exactly what all that, that's going to mean, but I can tell you that the Lord has provided. Um, Christina has, uh, you know, over the last two years, she's come and worked in the office, and, and she, she has, I mean, I don't have a position here anymore. Christina's here, okay? <laughs> Let me just say that she is, she's a powerhouse administratively. Um, over the last two years, I have really worked with her a lot to hand things off, hand things off, hand things off, until I'm kind of at a point, I'm kind of dumb to leave at this point <laughs> because she does so much that I once did, but, but I feel like God is, is in this, and I'm going to get to it in just a minute. Um, and then, of course, JP, he's done media, and I've never done media, but like, uh, social media and stuff for uh, several years now. He's killing it. So it's just like the Lord sort of arranged all the pieces for me to do this. And and coupled with that is him talking me, to me about going. And so we feel like the Lord is it is in this. We're going to do it. So um, I, I also have what I feel like is a word for y'all this morning. Um, and and it's not what I started out with, honestly, for today. In the middle of the night, I felt like the Lord changed it. So here we go. Um, but the title of today's message is The Lord Will Provide. 
And so I just want to jump in real quick, you guys. If you'd put John 6.35 up on the screen for us, you can, if you will, turn in your Bible to John 6.35. John 6, and um, here's, here's what it says. Uh, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. All right, so here's, if you've ever been in a life group with me, you've heard me say this, that God is always showing us things in the natural that is more true in the spiritual. You've heard me say this to you. And so what Jesus is doing here is he is about to show them something that is true in the natural, that it is exponentially more true in the spiritual. So what I want to look at is Jesus feeding the 5,000 first. So you're going to go to Mark 6, starting in verse 30. Matthew, Mark. So Mark 6, okay, starting in verse 30. So we're going to read about this bread of life feeding the people. Okay, so the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered and said, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? And Jesus said, well, how many loaves do you have? And then he said, go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. And the number of men who had eaten was 5,000. All right? So Jesus is always showing us in the natural what is more true in the spiritual. Now, Pastor John has been talking to you about rows and circles and tables. And he's been talking to you about this for a long time. I think maybe six years or more off and on, he has taught this principle that we gather in rows, we sit at tables, and then we come, or I'm sorry, we, we gather in circles, and then we sit at the table with Christ, okay? And so if you will, for a moment, you are the multitude, you are the 5,000, you have come to sit in the rows. And if you will, I'm Jesus for a minute. 
um, to hear Jesus speak and teach, okay? And these ladies, they're the Lord's disciples, okay? Because they have gathered in a circle, and they have gathered in a circle with, uh, with Christ at times. Jesus is always at the head of the table, okay? Jesus actually doesn't sit at a round table. He sits at a rectangular tab- table, okay? He sits at the head, okay? And so what he is teaching them is, is how to give the people bread. Because the word is bread. Bread is great. Bread, uh, bread, like I love sourdough bread, grilled sourdough bread at Cracker Barrel. Amazing. Okay. Um, best thing in the world. So I love bread, um, but bread only satisfies for so long. What I have found is that Jesus, the bread of life, he forever satisfies he is all, I can go to him anytime, day or night, and get filled up with him and be satisfied. And he reveals to me things that I may not necessarily know in the moment, but because I am focused on him, because I am fixed on him, he shows me what is true in his word. Okay? So, Jesus was so nice and kind to his disciples and apostles. He walked them through things methodically that sometimes they didn't even know or understand what was happening to them. It was, it was later that they kind of caught what had been taught. It's another thing John always teaches. We catch way more than we are taught. Okay, it's caught more so than taught, all right? So I want you to skip a chapter and go over to, um, I think it's, or I'm sorry, Mark 8. All right, so Jesus has just fed 5,000. Now he's about to feed 4,000. All right, so Mark 8, starting in verse 1. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said, I have compassion on these people. They have already been with me three days and they have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. And there's so many spiritual truths in this, you guys. I don't, we, we, I hate it because we don't have time to break all those down, but, but look for that on your own. The Lord will reveal it to you. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? So this should sound familiar, okay? And Jesus said, how many loaves do you have? And they answered, seven. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given them given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples and set before the people, and they, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men were present. And having sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus, to test him. They asked him for a sign from heaven. Well, it kind of seems like he just gave a decent sign. I don't know. He sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it's because we have no bread. 
Peter said, I told you to bring the bread. And somebody else said, James said, Judas was supposed to bring the bread. The bread. And Judas is doing nothing but sitting over there counting money. He don't care about the bread. He's got the bread. You know what I'm saying? And so they're in this argument about the bread when Jesus just fed 4,000, then 5,000. And it just blows my mind. And, and I'm not judging them because they were chosen to do what they did. But how do you not understand this at this point? Um, aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of of pieces you picked up? 12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? And I guarantee you there, there's some of you who are sitting out there, nope. I still don't understand. And, and, and I, I get it because I struggled with this too, guys. But, but here is what God is, Jesus is saying. He's saying, I am the bread of life. Amen. You must come to me to be fed eternal food so that you will you will not only live forever but you will live today and and guys i'm telling you listen we we are in a phenomenal time of human history okay there there are very few periods in in human history in which what we are experiencing can be likened to and so guess what we are a chosen generation to go through what we are going through. So we can accuse one another. We can be mad at one another. We can say it's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. Or we can recognize that we are the sons and daughters of the living God. And we have a responsibility to go to the Lord, go to the word and be bread for people who need to be fed. Now listen, I love them. Every single one of these girls, I love them. They have been precious. They have all been precious members of my life group. And and these, in fact, have all been really, really solid learners. These girls have all been really solid learners. And what I mean by that is the things that I have taught them, I have seen them consume and then go out and use otherwise. Every single one of them I have seen grow, okay? And, and as a teacher, I cannot tell you how much, uh, how happy that makes me. It makes me so happy and so pleased. But, but what if I had was this, Chelsea, you're going to die, but come with me. You're, she's not really going to die, but she's super shy. That's what I mean by that. <laughs> All right. So Chelsea, you sit right here. Okay. And then uh, Tanya, you come up here, hon, you sit right here. You can come this way. All right. So what if I said to these girls, because, you know, we can liken what happens at a life group to to the circles that gathered that Jesus set the people in circles so that he could feed them bread. Okay, we we can liken life groups to that. Okay, and then when we're in life groups, what I tell the girls and they'll tell you this, that I tell the girls, listen, you come and you listen to me, but I'm not your Jesus. 
Jesus is your Jesus. You go to Jesus to find out if what I'm saying is true. You don't just believe everything that I say. You go read the word for yourself because people, there's no guarantee that we will always have access to Google and the word. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I am telling you that the Bible says that the last days are going to be terrible times. And so do we think, oh yeah, they're going to be terrible times, but I'll still have Google to look up scripture. I don't know. I don't know. So, so here I am, Jesus. I'm, I'm Jesus at the table. I'm Jesus, uh, uh, you know, this is the, the communion table, you know, and so I'm Jesus at the table. And, and you know, Jesus never did uh, or said anything that the Father didn't tell him to do. He was, he was very obedient. He, understood, he heard, he understood, and he obeyed, okay? Everything, all right? So, so I say this to Chelsea. I say, okay, everything that, that I'm giving you at this table, you got you to gotta go to Jesus and, and get for yourself. You need to confirm that, okay? And so, uh, okay, so she's sitting, I'm Jesus. Chelsea's sitting two chairs away from me. So here's, and this is just, this is not Chelsea, but this, I'm gonna, just going to use her as an illustration. So, and she hates me right now. So, um, <laughs> So here's, here's what hap- is happening with, with Chelsea. She comes to my life group. She comes faithfully every single week. She gathers in a circle with the other ladies. And then I say, okay, Chelsea, go to Jesus with what we have learned. And she says, okay, I'm going to go to Jesus this week. But she comes and she doesn't actually sit with Jesus. She sits a few chairs away. Because Chelsea believes well, there's a couple different things that could potentially be going on here. Um, one could be an identity issue. She may not understand who she is in Christ, okay? And because she doesn't understand who she is in Christ, she doesn't realize that she has the right to sit in this ta- at this seat with Jesus Christ because we are seated with uh, Christ in heavenly places. So, G- uh, so Chelsea, she's saved, she loves God, but she never never enters in to all that God has for her because she doesn't know who she is in Christ and she doesn't know how to get there because of of whatever wounding lies uh you know just false beliefs whatever the case may be false doctrines whatever the case may be she never knows how to get into that place so she always stays far off but Jesus wants her seated with him in heavenly places. All right, Tanya, you're the rebellious one. <laughs> All right, Tanya. Tanya comes to Life Group. She's, um, she's, she comes every single week. She takes what, what um, you know, she hears, and then she goes back, and she says, um, she says, well, okay, but I don't have really time to do that. I don't really have time to go to Jesus on my own. So I'm just not going to do that, you know, but I'm going to watch Fox news and I'm going to watch CNN and I'm going to watch all these political shows and I'm going to form all my beliefs about what I believe about who Jesus is based on what I watch on television. Not what I read in the word, not what the Holy spirit reveals to me specifically to me in his word but what I have already decided to believe. And so that's the filter that I use to read God's word. 
And that's the filter that Chelsea's using to read God's word. It's for everybody else but me. I'm not good enough. Guys, I went through that. I was in Chelsea's shoes. I used to come to church. I was scared to death. Someone was going to speak to me and talk to me about the Lord because I thought, I don't, I don't, I don't know nothing. And I don't know nothing or I don't know anything. And, and, but you know what? God's grace is sufficient. As I, as I came to the table again and again and again and again and again, I learned. And I grew. And slowly but surely, I moved over another chair. And then one day, I actually sat down with Christ in heavenly places. And I believed what it was that he said about me. And it changed my life forever. I quit performing. I quit trying to be good enough. I quit trying to be like somebody else. I was just, I was just me, once broken, but now healed in Christ. Once, once a complete train wreck, now less of one. All right, thank you, ma'am. You can go sit down. Now, Tanya. <laughs> Tanya, Tanya's, Tanya's the scripture, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Tanya is the scripture that says, for it is God at work in us both to will and to act according to his good purpose. So Tanya, who thinks she's got it all figured out and doesn't really need the word, one day realizes, maybe I do need the bread of God. And so she moves one chair closer. And then as she moves one, one chair closer, and this is true with Chelsea too, the word becomes more alive. She can see it better. She can't, she can't see it well from over there, guys. But sitting in this seat, one seat closer to Jesus, Jesus is saying, come on, come on. She can see it a little bit better. And then as she sees it better, the, the word becomes more alive to her and she understands it more and God has revealed more to her through the Holy Spirit, the truth about who she is in Christ. And it's not that she's a Democrat and it's not that she's a Republican. It's that she's a, a daughter of the living God first and foremost, okay? She's a Christian, guys. She's a Christian first. And then one day, the magic happens and Tanya gets into the seat with Jesus. And then scripture is illuminated to her and she sees for herself for the first time that, that God has a plan for her life, that his word is true, that he's faithful, that his, 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 uh, his bread satisfies every single day of her life. And that's, that's what we're shooting for as Christians. Tanya, thank you, hon. Now, I want to tell you something. My, this whole thing, this whole thing with me about, sorry, this whole thing about me leaving, uh, leaving staff, I'm going to remain bivocational. I'm still going to pastor with John. I'm still going to pastor. I, I, get, I get phone calls, texts, messages all the time from people, you know, pastoral questions that I'm going to continue to answer, that I'm going to continue to respond to. I, I, I know that I know that I know. I am a pastor to you people. And do you know how I know that I know that I know? Because I like you. <laughs> I really, really like you. 
sometimes you frustrate the fire out of me, but I like you. I would even say, I love you. And I have compassion on you, even the ones that have made me cuss. And you know who you are, Sarah Craig. Moving on. So we get back to what John has been teaching from the book of Acts. Once we know this truth, once we have received this truth, whatever end of the continuum that you are on, trying to work your way towards Jesus, what shall we do? What will you do? Because I'm not going to give an account for you when you get to heaven. John and I will give an account for how we pastored you, but I will not give an account. John will not give an account for whether for what you did with Jesus. You will have to do that for yourself, okay? So, what and this is the 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 this is the question that I had to answer for myself. What shall I do? Well, here's what I did over the last number of months, and this is just my little my little cheat sheet for you if you are like faced with a decision and it's a major decision and you're not sure what to do, which way to go. Here's just four little easy steps. You got to be still. You, you have to get still before the Lord. Are you at the Lord's table every single day of your life? Not, not on Sunday mornings. On Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, every single morning or day, at some point in time in the day of your life, are you, are you there every single day? Because I don't know about you, but I can't go a whole lot of days without eating. I'm, I'm, I, I discipline, I fast as a discipline in my life, but I can't go days and days and days and days and days and days and days without eating. And what is true in the natural is so much more true in the spiritual. And God is always trying to show us this, always. He's always tipping his hand towards us to say, look, do you still not understand? Do you still not see? Do your ears still not hear? I keep telling you, I keep showing you. How can you not see this? So you got to be still. You got to get before him and be still. And then you have to look. Um, I want to look at Matthew 14, 26 real quick. And this is, this is really interesting. What did I say? Matthew 14, 26 real quick. This is super interesting because this event is sandwiched in between the 5,000 and the 4,000, okay? It's a very, very famous uh, incident that, that we know about. And so we're going to read about um, Jesus and Peter walking on the water. So starting in verse 22, um, it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because of the wind that was against it. And how many of y'all feel like the wind is against planet Earth at this time? 
During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Listen, guys, the second step in, in, in navigating hard things in life, decisions in life, even this season in life as a, as a whole, is you've got to look for Jesus. You've got to look for him. You, you can't just say, um, well, this is all going to work out. It's all going to be good. You know, you have to look for Jesus. Look where God is at work. If you've ever been through an experiencing God study, you know that, that you need to look where God is at work and then go join him. Don't go create something and then ask God to come join you. Look where God is at work and then walk toward that. All right, so the second thing you got to do is look. Peter looked to see if it was Jesus, okay? Thirdly, you have to listen. Jesus said, come. One word. Not a big explanation why. Not a big, hey, this is, this is point A through point F, and this is how this is all going to end, and this is how this is all going to be, and, and you're going to be an apostle someday, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna teach the, the, uh, one of the greatest sermons ever on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 are going to be added to the church. One word, come. Do you know how I hear the Lord in my own personal life? I'm, I'm in the word daily. I'm looking for him at work. And I'm listening. And the way that personally I listen is I fast. I, I, last year, you know, the Lord was talking to me about fasting. I think I've talked to these ladies about this. He'd been talking to me a lot about this in this last year. And um, I'd just been putting it off because, let's be honest, fasting isn't fun. And so... Um, I really felt like this year I had, to, I had to start that discipline again. So I did in January. So I've been doing it dis, on a disciplined basis. Every single Monday I give the first day of the week to the Lord. I fast. Guys, I cannot tell you how my hearing has opened to God. Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm giving that to the Lord. I say, Lord, this is yours. And every single time I get hungry, and I don't do a complete fast like just water. I'm, I do liquids only. And, but every time I start to get hungry, I say, no, Lord, this, I'm giving this to you. I use the hunger as a reminder to turn to him. And, and I say, no, Lord, I'm giving this to you. I want you to speak to me, God. I'm desperate for you. I need you in my life. I got to hear from you, God. Because I have lived longer than I'm going to live. And I want to finish well, Lord. So talk to me, Lord. Speak to me. And, and fasting has cleared my ears so that I can hear, to, hear him. So I feel like I have heard well, or I've heard plainly from the Lord on this issue. And so, so I suggest it, I strongly suggest it as a part of your, your discipline and your walk with the Lord. It doesn't, you don't have to go off and do anything wild and crazy. Work it out with the Lord what it is that a fast would consist of for you. But I promise you, as you do it and you keep your vow to the Lord about it, 
you're going to hear him better because it just works that way. Jesus didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast, okay? And I recommend food. You, you, can, you can fast television or music or whatever the case may be, but I recommend food. And you got to make it something that hurts a little bit, okay? Um, David said, I'll not give to God anything that costs me nothing. It needs to hurt just a little bit. I'm not talking about going into a diabetic shock, but I am talking about give up just enough. You know, if you normally eat three Twinkies a day, which I've been known to do, give up two of them, you know? The Lord will honor your small beginning, okay? And then finally, you got to do it. You got to do whatever it is that God has invited you into. Peter actually got out of the boat and took a few steps. He sank, but Jesus didn't, you know, rip him up by the head of the hair and say, what the heck is wrong with you? Why couldn't you stay on top of the water? You know, no, he helped him back into the boat because he knew this was the man that he was going to raise up to be an apostle forever canonized in scripture. He saw who he was when Peter didn't know who he was. Peter was Peter before Peter knew he was Peter. Maybe you are too. Maybe you are too. Maybe I am too. Maybe this whole thing of me going into a different career path at my age, and there's times I'm like, okay, what the heck am I doing? You know, that that I'm going to become... Sarah, the Sarah that God knows me as. So, people, you are precious. John and I love you guys so much. The leadership, we love you guys so much. You have been created for a purpose and a time, but you can't just mess around with it forever. And just think God's going to sprinkle fairy dust on you. And it's all going to be good. It doesn't work that way. We've got to tune our ears. We've got to fix our eyes on Christ. We've got we've to be looking for him. We've got to be listening for him. And then we've got to have the courage to do it, even at times when it makes no sense. Can I tell you the only, the one thing, because this has made just no sense to me, this career change, that has made me confident and has made my husband confident in this decision, is the peace of God that passes understanding has been on me in all of this. Scripture tells us that that peace needs to, to be the umpire. Peace needs to rule in every decision that we make because just looking at it from the outside, you know, you know, why? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? That makes no sense. But I know that I know that I know. I have God's peace. And it's huge. It's huge. Even though I don't know. And so that's, um, that's the word that I have for you today. Ladies, you can sit down. Um, alter, or worship team, if you want to go ahead and come up. I, I want to speak to a couple different people. And guys, Sean, would you mind moving some of these chairs? And Oh, oh okay, so somebody's going to get them? Okay, so I want to, I wanna in, in kind of landing this thing, I want to speak to a couple different groups of people that are here. 
we, we always want to give an opportunity to people who may not know the Lord to come to him. And, and we like for you to come to the altar in order to do that. Yeah, they're gonna, somebody's going to get these. Um, we'd like for you to come to the altar in order to do that because we're going to have our prayer team, if you will come up. Um, at this time, um, we're going to have some people to pray with you because we want you to, to be, uh, we, we want to be in agreement with you as you ask the Lord into your heart. And while there's no magic prayer, there are some things that you need to know about what you are stepping into and what you believe. Okay. It's not just a, Hey, I want to be saved and just, you know, get back to, to things as normal. You know, when we are saved, we are actually called into discipleship and we are making a commitment to discipleship. We may not even fully understand it or know it. So you, you need to know what it is that you're getting into and that's going to help you make the decision, am I really serious about wanting to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? I can tell you that um, I was saved when I was like five or six years old, but it really wasn't until my 30s that I said, Lord, I'm your disciple too. It is not good enough just to be saved because my, my life doesn't look a whole lot different than an unsaved person. And I want my life to look like yours. And it wasn't until I committed to discipleship that I began to truly grow in the things of the Lord, and then, and then my life began to change. And I got peace that passes understanding in storms, and I got wholeness and, and health in my heart and in my mind to weather some storms that were still going to come. And so if you would like for someone to pray with you about receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd love for you to come on down right now. And then if there's anyone here today that, that you say, you know, I've, I, need, I know I need to grow as a disciple of Jesus. I know I'm saved. I don't need to get saved again, but I know that I need to grow as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I need to be uh, more disciplined in being in the word. I need to learn how to hear him. I need to know um, what he looks like on the horizon. You know, I'm going to ask you to come down as well. Um, and so uh, y'all can go ahead and start. Yeah. And so, um, you know, come. I'm going to be down here. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.